once thought sucked, but now you realize that they rock. They still suck. Fear and loathing podcast. Wow. Welcome, everybody, to Fear and Loathing in Cinema Podcast. It is the month of Christmas and Hanukkah. It's the holiday season. It's December 5th, and we are here to talk about those special Christmas Hanukkah movies that have warmed your heart. Probably, maybe, we're here to discuss it. I'm your host, the Dustin Hoffman rental of everything, everywhere in the universe, Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by the three hosts with the most. I am joined by the trailer maker herself from Florida, Chelsea Nicole. How are you? I'm good. I love this movie because I too have been wine drunk and singing to Mr. Uh, Mr. Brightside. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to see you. Um, Mr. Napkinhead himself smoking on a corn cob pipe in Austin, Texas, trying to get his two kids to laugh. Uh, Dan Moran, how are you? I'm doing great. This is my favorite cosplay to do. I constantly go to different comic cons and take pictures with all sorts of fans around the country as Mr. Napkinhead. So this is a real honor to be here today. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then last but not least, from Denton, Texas, the man who composes the music to everything in life, Preston Barta, how are you? I'm good. If you guys were a melody, you would all be the good notes, because y'all are my three musketeers. Oh my god, my heart just got fuller, Preston. Uh, of course, we're talking about that 2006 film, holiday film. Well, it's called The Holiday. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. But first, our little question um, that we like to do at the beginning of every segment. So if they remade The Holiday today, if they were to remake The Holiday, what horror element do you think they would do? So, like, let's say, like, like uh, Blumhouse or A twenty four were to remake the holiday with a horror, a horror theme tone to it. What horror element do you want to see in the holiday remake, Preston? I feel like at some point in watching this movie, we all thought Barbarian. It's kind of hard not to, especially with the way that Cameron Diaz and Jude Law meet, because immediately you're like. No, 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 you're not going in my house. And so I, I had two ideas. So I think there should be like a, the parallel love stories, but they both like have the barbarian twist where you think like, oh, maybe the other one might be okay, but no, they both have something going on. So that's in the exchange, the swap house thing, exchange house is uh, behind it all. Uh, my other thought, and this one's probably my favorite one of the two is being haunted by the trailer voice the entire time <laughs> and then going to like a shining level and yeah. so like you just kind of have like the like the strings and maybe like in a world yeah constantly yeah yeah <laughs> that'd be pretty good uh chelsea what horror element would you add to this holiday remake that's gonna happen maybe i went real dark with this Oh, um, take mine. 
I don't, I don't know. I'm so excited. I don't, I, so I went real, I mean, it, uh, I had where like Cameron Diaz kind of has her like, uh, realization and goes to see Jude Law and his kids aren't alive. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, and he's, he's like Norman Batesing them. And they're like in rockers or, or, you know, something in that they're in the, they're in the pretty little princess tent and he's like keeping them there. Um, and that, that's his thing. Have you seen Marrowbone? There's a movie with Marrow called Marrowbone. It has Anya Taylor-Joy and, uh, oh, what's that guy that's in 1917? George Mackay. Yeah. Um, I have that. That one's kind of has that vibe of what you described yeah it's good i'm right there with chelsea that was the first thing that i thought i was like how can we make this scary and dark it's that jude law doesn't have kids but he has all this kid stuff up and it's super creepy yeah and he has an alter ego named mr napkinhead where he kills children i mean you're the one that asked for a horror element to make this a scary movie and we're helping you out here brian I like these ideas. Oh my God, Jude Law. So not Jack Black. Jude Jude Law's the killer. Jack Black would never do that. Jack Black, no. Jude Law. You look at him, you're like, oh, what a nice guy. I hope my, I hope you know this woman marries him and has great kid. Nope, nope. He's a killer. Why is he answering the phone? Like, right. you know, outside. Yeah. Hmm. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I think I would do. Um, each each of the people's houses would be haunted in a different way, like with demonic forces, and then it would become part of the Conjuring universe. I like that. So like terrified, but the Conjuring. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good plan. I like yeah, that. So I think that would be fun too. Oh, now I mean, I just really want to. Now I'm just thinking about all the crazy shit. Like, what if there was like a scene like when Evil Lurks is in the holiday remake? <laughs> I, I had another one where it's like uh where pretty much Cameron Diaz was like Mr. Talented Mr. Ripley, Saltburn, like single white female Ooh. going Ooh. over and um <clears throat> taking taking Kate Winslet's life. Oh, that's a good yeah. I love that this is the one pod my wife's excited to listen to, and we're starting off with how can we make your movie a terror? Yeah, how can we change it up? Well, so like my my other thought was, you know, you have on one side of these houses, um, let's say the brother and sister of Kate Winslet and Jude Law, they're actually like Mickey and Mallory um, from. Uh, natural born killers and they go one goes to LA the other comes here and their goal is to kill you know uh the other the two other people I don't know something like that I thought kill that. the Airbnb hosts yeah yeah that's fair you and could get, take you could get really supernatural and say that there's like a like a Narnia situation where the doorway in LA opens <laughs> in England <laughs> that's a lot that is cool. I like that. Oh, okay. What about making uh, Arthur reveal himself as the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. 
I would love that. Like the Zodiac killer, but he, but in to bring it to the English side, like England, he's like a descendant of Jack the Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want him to be the Zodiac and I want him to still have that big like celebration for him. But yeah. no, no. Yeah. And he reveals it then. Yeah. He reveals it because all the notes that he gives on the music and whatnot are all in that weird Zodiac font. (laughs) He puts puts all the clues in his movie. Well, it's interesting because isn't one of the people like a newspaper reporter or something in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kate Winslet, she's a she writes for the Telegraph. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, we're make we're making uh we're making some good ideas here yes did, did we brought that question late to social media did anybody get back to anybody about that anybody from online nope just us perfect I think we're the only people dark enough to do that to do that well I'm okay with that. yeah i mean me too um we're talking about the holiday uh this movie came out december 8th of 2006 so almost the day we're doing this podcast uh, it was directed and written and produced by Nancy Myers. Who is Nancy Myers, by the way? Well, Nancy Myers was a writer, now turned director. She wrote something like Jumping Jack Flash, Father of the Bride, Father of the Bride 2. And then her first directorial debut was the remake in 1998 of The Parent Trap. She directed What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give. Uh, yeah, she's she's been around a little bit, but she wrote, produced, and directed this movie, The Holiday. It has a crazy cast in it. Um, I do want to bring this up. Um, this movie basically had a hundred million dollar budget, so seventy five million more than Godzilla that just came out. Um, the movie made two hundred and five million, but this movie cost about a hundred million dollars, and I'm curious how why i feel like this movie could have been made for 10 million dollars and turned out the same exact way or did just all the money go to the to the leads like this the actors i i think all the money yeah you got to pay all these really good actors but also look how beautiful all the real sets are like the houses the locations like this movie looks really nice i would like to stay in every single room that they've that they're in this entire movie. I don't think there's one ugly location. So the inside of Cameron Diaz's house was, a, they built especially though. It's not, oh. yeah, it had, they said it had like no air conditioning, no electricity, and it cost them a million dollars just to, just to do that. So they have 99 left over. Yep. Oh. Well, I was wrong guys. Everything looked pretty, but apparently. None of it's real. Dark. No, yeah, none of it's re- no, of course. Like they might have shot something on the outside, yeah. but inside's usually on the set. Um, no, I, I just uh, when I saw that it would cost that much money, I was like, this holiday movie cost that much money. I mean, most action movies don't cost that much. Uh, so they have a huge marketing budget because it was the holidays. So hundred, so that the budget does not include the. Um, the marketing budget. So I guarantee you it probably cost 160 million or more to fully market it at the time, which is crazy. So I don't know if this movie did was financially successful, but 
that that's crazy to me. And then this movie is 136 minutes long, which we'll get to it later. The music is by Han Hans Zimmer, and of course Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, Jack Black, Eli Wallach, Edward Burns, and some pretty great cameos from people like James Franco, Lindsay Lohan, Dustin Hoffman, Catherine Hahn, and John Krasinski uh, that that get uh, stuck in here. But okay, so this movie came out in 2006 i was 25 years old i remember seeing it in the theater and i remember liking it enough because i like romantic comedies i like holiday movies but i for me it was too long um i feel like maybe 20 minutes could be cut out here and it flow a little better but i still like it and i still like watching it um and i like the characters and some of the funnier things because it walks a fine line of silly and drama and i don't know if it actually sticks its landing most of the time but we'll get into that uh but chelsea when did you first see this movie um so this was 2006 i was 19 years old um and i saw this in the theater and i just i just remember um i don't know i just remember it being kind of like a fluffy holiday movie i don't I didn't really remember anything. Um, was 19 year old Chelsea really into horror and action at the time? Or were you really into, or did you like find your cinematic palette back then as you have now? I don't think it was like all the way kind of matured when I was 19. I think I found it in my twenties, my late twenties. Um, so no, 19 year old Chelsea was just going to see a rom-com in December. Okay. And you remember enjoying it? I remember enjoying it. I just didn't remember like things that really stood out to me. Okay. All right. Uh, Dan, was this the uh, one of the years or one of the months you were a film projectionist and a theater manager? Yes. And this was a very popular movie. I think for obvious reasons, it had a huge cast. It hit, It came out at the right time. Um, and so our theater was in an area that definitely catered to what I would refer to as Kate Winslet rom-com fans. So <laughs> I remember it was a lot of showtimes were very crowded. And I remember seeing this with my wife and not only that, but after it came out on DVD or whatnot, this is one of her, um, like rotation movies. Like she's probably seen this. I'll bet she watches it once a year around the Christmas time. She loves this movie. And one year I got her and her mom and sister tickets to the Alamo draft house to do their like uh, mimosa brunch and the holiday um, thing. So this movie, I've probably seen this movie double digit times if we're being honest. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Then does it hold up every time? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we'll get He's going to get spanked for that. No, we'll get to it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good movie and it's a fine rom-com, especially, um, you know, around the holiday times. But, you know, it's not on the top of my... It's definitely the one where there's other movies in our rotation that for Christmas time where if that one comes on, I'll be like, oh, man, this bowl game's on. I'm just going to... I got to go watch Toledo's <laughs> play in New Mexico Community College. You know, that's real important to me. <laughs> I love that Dan said earlier on, it's like, my wife that she's looking forward to this podcast the most and yeah i'm just like does it hold up he's like no 
<laughs> so there's gonna be that guilt trying to make him watch it every year. I love that. Uh, Preston, is this the boyhood of Christmas romantic comedies for you? And when did you first see it? Um, I saw it in theaters. I was 16. Um, I've always loved romantic comedies, che uh, cheesy romantic comedies. I probably shouldn't mention this particular film because I considered it for their, our white elephant episode that we do, but just like heaven, like I just love or home again, that, that another you know, Reese Witherspoon movie. I just really love that sort of thing. And I found this one to be a lot of fun because it also provides a little like meta commentary on it throughout it. Um, while like, you know, kind of being a Nancy Myers type of movie, but also kind of being above it a little bit too. Not not to uh, say that all Nancy Myers movies deserve to have red pin on them. They don't, because I love them. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I this is a very cozy movie and I don't watch it every Christmas. Um, it's probably been, I don't know, maybe six years or so since I've uh, put this on again. But I just love the cast. Um, I I think there are uh, some issues along the way, but um, I still find it to be a very sweet movie. It's like the like an elevated Hallmark movie. I think it's pre pretty solid. I I would agree with that mostly. I think the the Hallmark there is because it's a very you've seen that story so many times. It's very formulaic. But I think the journey getting there is a lot of fun and still watching it to this day, because I usually watch it once every two years or so. It's a it's a fun movie. And I think the performances really bring it out, even though that formula is, oh, my goodness, you, you just know what's going to happen next for the most part. Because um, it's holiday, right? Like, does it does anybody agree with that? Yeah, it's it. The formula, I know it existed before, but it is it is what every single Hallmark movie wants to be. Yeah. Um, they want their movies to have this kind of a cast and have, even for its flaws in this movie, you're still watching it. You're mm -hmm. still into it. You're like, okay, this may be a slow part, but you still want to be there. There are everything about it. Everything about it is what you would refer to as corny, cheesy, predictable, rom-com slop but when it's delivered by nancy myers and really good actors and actresses you buy in way more than the fifth lead of a tv series who is on a hallmark movie and so i think it elevates it above yeah. above that good explanation there yes all right so this movie has a 49 percent on rotten tomatoes why do you think it bombed critically I mean, for a romantic comedy with this many people, over $200 million at the box office is not anything to laugh about at all. That's a that's a good chunk of change right there. But the movie did cost $100 million to make. But uh, why do you think it bombed critically? Do you think people or do you think critics at the time in 2006? Because that's, that's a while ago, um, almost 20 years ago. Um, do you think that they just saw something for me like they've seen it all before? Or do you think, I mean, for this type of movie, it seems like this is a higher rating than what it should be. What do, what do you think, Chelsea? 
I think it goes back to what Dan was saying, like, um, and I do agree, like, it's corny, the script is corny, but just like Kate Winslet says in the movie, um, that's what some people want. And I believe that this is more of catered to, you know, holiday audiences and uh, critics weren't going to always um, love this. Like you said, it's, it's very formulaic. Uh, kind of like a Nancy Myers rom-com and you know you you either enjoy it and you see it as you know it's fluffy cozy holiday movie or you just hate it for what it is and I see it as a fluffy cozy holiday movie yeah probably so do you think so I want to start out the movie you meet Kate Winslet you meet Cameron Diaz two women who their love lives, they're in love with people maybe uh, that aren't maybe good dudes. So what do you think about Cameron Diaz's boyfriend in the movie, Edward Burns? Uh, what do you think about that relationship? Because it seems that the movie goes one side with it. But what do you think about the Edward Burns character here? He's He's going full Edward Burns. Yeah, that was the most character. Edward Burr, like honestly, that those scenes or that that scene essentially with Edward Burns in this movie feels like it is from a entourage episode. It feels <laughs> like it honestly feels like they were like that would be like Vince walking up and seeing Edward Burns breaking up with his girlfriend. Cause he's so, I know he's not playing who he really is in real life, but he has that kind of persona for me, at least where it seemed like that was just who he was um, as an actor, as a dick, where I was just like, that's not a character. That's Edward Burns. Like look at Edward Burns doing Edward Burns things. <laughs> like it was, I don't want to say it was just, I don't want to say it was distracting, but yeah, he, I, I'm team Diaz on that one for sure. All right. I mean, I, I get, I guess I get the Kate Winslet and the, the guy she likes for so long. I like that backstory more than I feel like the Edward Burns Cameron Diaz was more rushed. Um, and I don't know, but it, I mean, I guess that sets up everything for them to switch houses across the, uh across the pond um so with with that with with the everybody coming in to switch places type of thing uh do you think that the romance the comedy the drama is well balanced here um because i think that's the big issue here because if you get a rom-com whether it be Nine Hill or Love Actually, they really lean into the comedy and the romance quite a bit. But I hear this one is feels more grounded, maybe. But then they do like the fake trailer voiceovers where it seems like out of reality, where they're looking at the camera, breaking the fourth wall type of thing. What do you think about that? Preston? Oh, for me? Um, I... I don't know. I don't know if I could give like any like fair criticism on this film just because I it it works for me. I, I do agree with what you said at the top about how like they probably it, it's a little too long for it to be two hours and 15 minutes. But even Love Actually is about that long, too. And I feel like they're kind of tonally very 
similar to me because there's parts in love actually where i'm like oh that's really sweet or that one's really funny and then so it just kind of flip-flops throughout and doesn't exactly have a a, a, a fluid uh, approach with both of them like very well balanced um i just kind of find like um like one story you know it, you go to like Jack Black and Kate Winslet tends to be a little bit funnier. And then I'm really invested in the, the, the sweet storyline of, you know, Jude Law with his kids. And, <clears throat> and then, so that, that, and with Cameron Diaz, like that one's a little more romantic to me. So I don't know. I just kind of feel like, you know, uh, they're serving me two plates of something I'm like here, you want a whiff of this, you want a whiff of this. And it's just, that, that's, <laughs> that's what it is to me. I, I don't know if it's like, out of whack for me or anything like that it's just kind of like uh like oh there was a end of a sweet moment oh that was a really good funny moment um accidental boob graze and everything like that like it's all you know it's um <laughs> going back to what you were saying earlier about like uh like why critics didn't like it i'm just like rolling through some of the rotten blurbs here and most of them are just saying predictable corny and things like that and so i don't know if it's just like uh a, a matter of it coming out uh at a certain time maybe post uh the de departed which came out two or uh, two months earlier um and uh just kind of one of those things that, that we bring up often on this podcast about uh it's just um one of those things where it just doesn't align with people at the time based off of whatever is going on um i can't really dial my brain back into like what what I was, because I was 16, so I wasn't quite had the critical hat that I have now um, and saw absolutely everything and wrote about everything. Um, that was the day when I was doing like MySpace blurbs and things like that. But uh, I would love <laughs> to go back and see if I could find this one. Um, but um, yeah, that I mean, that that's my overall thoughts. I, I think I think if I really tried to remove myself and try to view this film with a more critical eye um i might be able to comment on some of those things but for me it just kind of it kind of worked i just would have trimmed it a little bit tightened it up um but for for the most part i like the idea and and just so you know um i texted my wife and asked if she would because she has some pretty strong opinions about this movie after we saw it last night because i really like it she's like I'll let her talk about it, but I'll bring her, I'll tag team her and, and then because I'm sure she'll really get the, awesome. That's, that's, that's going to be fun. And get a real honest discussion going because otherwise, because I was trying to talk to her last night. And I was like, yeah, you know, I hear you, but it didn't bother me. That would be awesome. Let's do that. Uh, Chelsea, what do you think about the whole switcheroos of all the tones of the movie? Does it work for you? Does it not work for you? I just kind of see that as standard fare in a kind of rom-com like that in a kind of like ensemble rom-com you're going to get the the more dramatic moments you're going to get the the funnier stuff so it, it worked for me it does it still work i don't hate this movie i think it's very cozy all right, I agree. I agree. I want to live in that that England house. Dan, what do you think? I think you know where it's going, like we said earlier. So there's no real surprises. And some of them are a little longer. Some of the transitions are longer than you would like. But as far as the balance, it's all there. And honestly, 
we keep calling it a cozy movie. I think my definition of it being cozy is the fact that I know when I can get up and go to the bathroom or I'm going to go out to the fridge and I'm not going to pause the movie. I know that sounds mean, but it's also a compliment at the same time where it's like, I'm not going to miss anything. I know exactly what's coming. Like if I, if I go out to the fridge or make myself a drink real quick and come back out of the living room, it's like, oh my gosh, are they in love now? It's like, come on, we know where this one's going. And that's kind of a compliment to all these rom-coms. So the tonal shifts, because I think Nancy Myers was definitely in her bag and just dumping everything into this one. Um, they're not great. And I'm sure that's why critics didn't love it. But if you're asking me now to put it on like ABC Family or pop in a DVD, I'm like, it all works. It just didn't right. work. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, it's best scene to me, the best scene, which I would have given it a very fresh rating back in 2006 is when Cameron Diaz goes to Jude Law's house and she meets the kids and they do the napkin head and the kids invite them into the tent. And it's all the real sweet questions and funny questions. And those English accents are so cute. I think I like that's when it moves. Kids. The what? They sound like the kids from Bluey a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. I've never seen Bluey. Is it good? Oh, man, you're missing out. All right. Well, uh, I think that's its best when that movie works at its best. Um, am I wrong about that? Is it when it's most sincere and it's sweetest? Because there's other moments that really amplify, like with Jack Black in the video store, and you're getting yeah. that high fidelity character type of thing there, which is super fun, and I like it, but... Um, and of course, I love in this Christmas movie, they get the Hanukkah situation in there and they do like the keywords of Manischewitz and dreidels like it made me laugh. But uh, I think that scene with the two kids really is at its best. Am I am I wrong there? No, no, not at no. all. No, no? I, th I think no, I think you're right, just because uh, and it has nothing to do with me being a parent, but it just is a those kids just seem like so fun and the, the how sweet they are approaching her, like making her feel involved in something. And she probably has never quite felt that way before. And then the nervousness of Jude Law's character about like not really wanting to show this part of his life because he has a certain appearance. And, um, and so I, I found that all to be like a really nice reveal on both of their parts and really showed these nice shades of their characters. But there are some really nice moments with uh, Jack Black and, and Kate Winslet, as you alluded to, with the video store moment. Because um, it's always nice when you're kind of doing that in the beginning of your relationship, especially if you're dating somebody like me, who is very into movies, or I guess like all of us, like that's like our litmus test for a lot of people is just kind of say, oh yeah, what are you into uh, pop culture wise and movie wise? And then for them to kind of have those discussions and like share things with people is very sweet. And I love how their meet, meet cute moment of like how close he gets with like the wind. By the way, I feel like we could talk a little bit or maybe I don't know if there's much to say about it other than that gets a really cool motif is the wind throughout the movie like it's, I, it's I santa anna really wins noticing it the this time. i was like you know with like jack black and the sound design when he realizes um where, where, where he's sitting down and kind of hearing um his uh ex talk about like how how much she misses him and 
and then you just kind of see the wind going in the background. Um, so I don't know. I found that really unique and interesting. Yeah. The wind played a character throughout the movie. Yeah. More, yep. more so than uh, was uh, the happening. More interesting. <laughs> I, I just want to say Jack Black bringing me a, bringing me a coffee with a huge dollop of whipped cream and a blockbuster you know, mending my little poor British heart, singing film scores. That's like, yeah, in like a Jack pop. Black way, like, it'll just really that's, um, <laughs> the, the the level of of attractiveness is at like an eleven for me, <laughs> for me. And I think that I I watch movies like this, and I really just want Jack Black to be more the romantic leading man i don't want i don't want him to always be the the just kind of uh comic relief. Comic relief. The, the best friend that you know yeah over the top best friend but i don't yeah and I, I was going through stuff he's done and i was like i don't want like a shallow hal i want more of these where he can be dramatic and he can be actually you he can show his full range of emotion like yeah. yeah. No, it's good. So the other side of this movie, and I'm curious in what you all think about this, is toxic relationships. Um, because both women have these two toxic relationships. One, on one hand, is in love with somebody who will never really give her the full sense of self. And the other one uh, just seems like they're they're too busy working um to actually build their relationship up so what do you what do you think about that uh and they're overcoming it because it seems like i mean even in jack black's relationship as well uh with shannon sosaman you know you have like these three different versions of toxicity in love and i like you know we get we go through one at the beginning of the movie and then it takes Kate Winslet's character, the whole movie to realize that she's strong enough to leave this person. So what, what do y'all think about that and how they told those three stories of this movie? Can I chime in first? Hell yeah. Uh, um, my wife and I have, uh, as I mentioned, like she has, very strong opinions about this movie but anytime we watch a film that deals with cheating and things like that we're immediately like it's a it's a it's a two-minute phone call like you can do all those things so when you were talking about like you know do you feel at all for ed burns's character in the beginning like so say they're you know one of their spouse or the partner is too busy for the other one. And it's like, who has time for sex anymore? And things like that. And it's just like, yeah, you, you know, I understand like, but that's a conversation. Are y'all not having conversations with each other? Like you have to go towards like, let's get in a relationship with somebody else and cheat on them. Um, so I, I think that uh, that's a bit salty to me that I feel like a lot of these people probably could have just had some conversations, but for somebody like Kate Winslet, it's a little different because it's just like, she, she talked about it. She has that realization pretty early on about like what's so problematic about her relationship with that guy. 
Um, but she just can't quite step off the ledge or step on a new stone. And it took, you know, that point in the movie to really be like this, you know what I've seen, like how good it is to be with a decent person who makes me feel good. And it's just not worth it. All this, like it was poisoning my heart too much and it was blinding my judgment. And so I think there's, I think there are some quality moments of realization in it. I just kind of wish that there was some more like authentic conversations, but we're not going to get that side of the story because we're all at the tail end of a lot of these relationships and not seeing the, you know, the totality of them or anything. So that that's probably why Brian, you say about like, you know, Edward Burns, like it feels a little rushed because that that's it. Like that's the last day getting his ass thrown out sort of thing. But um, uh, so yeah, th- those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Chelsea, what do you think? So the one line that sticks out to me and for the Kate Winslet verse, um, what's his name? Jasper? Jasper. Jasper. A guy named Jasper. Jasper. Would anybody date a guy named Jasper? Um, <laughs> Sons of Anarchy, man. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah. When she said, we both know I need to fall out of love with you, it it would be great if you let me try. And I feel like that kind of was an undertone of both of their, both of their uh, adventures uh, during the house swapping, just kind of more finding themselves. Um, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. It's a great line. Yeah. It great line. What do you think about Dan? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what Preston and Chelsea said. I mean, there's not much to add. They uh, I do wish maybe there was a little bit more backstory or a little bit more closure or explanation in some of those, but I think there's enough there to get to as a launching pad to get to what has to happen in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to get dropped in their situations, I feel like they at least discuss it with their new interests enough mm-hmm. to make you understand and relate to it but you know you if this was a book or something like that then yeah you probably would get Mm -hmm. a lot of that backstory at the front and you would spend more time with their current relationships and why they really feel like they need to you know get a you know make some change in their lives yeah i think the because that's an interesting point Do, do you want did you want really want to bring in Haley into this yeah yeah i can Bring her, bring her in. I'm curious on what she has to say about this. That'd be tag awesome. Team. Tag, tag team, or be like, tag. You're, you're in. <laughs> Special guests. All right, I phoned a friend. <laughs> I, I phoned a friend. Um, yeah, this, uh, those. We might not like press it back on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Haley and I used to do uh, a, for a very brief period we used to do Mr. and Mrs. reviews like she and I would go see stuff together and then we would kind of do it from a husband and wife perspective uh, that was a lot of fun and because she I really enjoy like her discussions after we she's like my favorite obviously but my favorite person to discuss movies with and every time I see something I'm like oh, I gotta know what she thinks about it and so uh, it's been really nice. I think she's about to walk me. Um, That's good. 
Oh, is yeah, yay! Lee is here. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be great. I can't wait. This is gonna be good. Where, where is it? Where, where, where is? Ha oh, there she is. Hi, Haley. Hello. Hi, guys. Haley, have you met Dan and Chelsea before? I have not. Hello, no. I've heard a lot Hello. about you guys, but I have nice not met you. you. Hello. Well, You'll be, you'll be getting emails from us soon for our movie yeah. exchange. You're going to be the white elephant. You're going to be the. Oh, that's right. I forgot you asked me if I would. Yes. Okay. Yes. I can do that. Very exciting. So, the holiday, um, Haley, we got to know your thoughts. I'm curious on how the movie holds up for you after all these years and if you still like the comedy and the drama and the the romance part of it does it hold up does it walk that balance line uh no but i would <laughs> like to point out that i think i saw i think he made me watch this movie like maybe 12 years ago and i remember he was like i can't believe you didn't like it and i just that's all i remember about the movie i just remember us ending the movie and him being like you didn't like it and me being like no i did not um and so when he was like, I need to watch it again for this. I was like, oh, okay, I'll give it another shot. I mean, it's 12 years ago. And so I finished the movie and I was like, yeah, no, I still didn't like it. And I'm telling you, I remember <laughs> nothing about that movie. I didn't even know Jude Law was in it. Like he said something about Jude Law. And I was like, oh, he's in it. We still like, don't I know Jude Law's in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really didn't remember anything about it. I did not like it. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was a horrible movie. I just didn't like it. What do you it. not like about the movie? What turns you off about this movie? There's a few things. <laughs> um, I would say I really love romance, everything. Like rom-coms, I love it. Like if it's a book, I'm going to read it. If it's a movie, I'm probably going to watch it. And this just falls flat for so many reasons. Um, one, I feel like the two love stories, like... You can have two love stories happening at the same time and they can both be the main part of the story, but like there was no flow to it. Like I felt like we had two totally different types of love stories happening. You had like the one night stand and like this initial like, oh my gosh, I think I'm falling in love with you. And then you're across the pond and you have like the guy who's still in love with his girlfriend and the girl who's still in love with her ex-boyfriend. And it. Like you would go from one story, you'd be like, oh, they're really sweet. I really like them. And then you'd go to the next story, you'd be like, wait, what's happening here? <laughs> like this is, it just was, I felt like we were like getting cut off as we went from one story to the other. And you kind of like lost that spark for me. So. Um, is there one relationship that's more believable than the other? Yes. I absolutely think Jubal and Cameron Diaz's relationship is more believable. I... I think well, why is that? Because I would say like maybe Jack Black and Kate Winslet is. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think for me anyways, I think you see like the swooniness from Cameron Diaz and Jude Law like instantly. Like you can see that there's an initial attraction, not saying you can't fall in love over time because you absolutely can. And there's great movies and books that talk about that. But like you see it and like there's a spark and it just continues and you get to watch them fall deeper in love. Whereas I think with Jack Black, and Kate Winslet's storyline, there's a lot of side pieces happening, which is great, but that probably should have been the only storyline then because you're really kind of 
I think you're focused on other things. You're focused on Jack Black and the fact that his girlfriend's cheating on him. And you're focused on the fact that Kate Winslet is still trying to get over this guy who's treated her horribly. And you're kind of rooting for both of them. And then you're also like seeing her neighbor and you're falling in love with his story and like his sweet little old manness. And then if there's just a lot happening in half of a movie, like essentially half of a movie is given to them. And you don't really have time to believe their love. I think not that I, I shouldn't say I don't believe it. I do. It just wasn't all the way there for me. No. Wow. All right. Did it make you want to celebrate Hanukkah, this movie? <laughs> I've seen other movies that make me want to celebrate Hanukkah more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah and then I do have to point out because this was something that really bothered me at the very end of the movie Cameron Diaz and Jude Law have this whole conversation about how it's not going to work out right she has this business she's running she can't leave LA he has two kids who are grounded in England you know like there's not they're not going to make it and they decide okay we're not going to make even though he tells her he falls in love with her and also she hasn't cried in 15 years like she hasn't had an allergy attack in 15 years like not believable i'm sorry she she has esophageal spasms yeah i'm like that's not healthy your eyes have to formulate tears like that's literally something wrong anyways i just didn't like it that it was brought on screen all the reasons why they can't be together and then because she shed two tears now they're just going to give it all up and forget about it. And we're supposed to believe that after New Year's Eve, they figured it out and they don't settle it on the screen. Like if you're going to bring the problem up on screen, then settle it on screen too. like solve it together for everyone else. What do you think, Dan? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, we should just stop the podcast now. I mean, just explained why people don't like this movie. Like we were trying to figure out why do certain people not like this movie? And you just gave us completely legitimate reasons that make perfect sense. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that is a flaw. Yeah, that is something that's a little weird. But do so with the, with those flaws and that unbelievability and we don't see like the big I mean, we see, of course, like the chase scene at the end when she's running to him, you know, like we see in every rom-com. But <laughs> is the sweetness and like the likability of these main characters enough to push it through into a fun loving holiday movie called the holiday like what do you think that that, this was my uh argument uh last night not really that it was much of an argument because i did say that everything that she brought up was like i was like those are those are very fair points and and so what i said last Mm -hmm. night with because the movie's called the holiday you know it, it it ends its arc at the end of the holiday part of the year and so to me, like, I, I think it's fair to say that, yes, if you're going to bring up those problems, there needs to be a solution for them. But for me, my reading of it was that there's there's enough there for me to believe that they're just going to continue to have that conversation of like, all right, well, now that we've reached this point, like, OK, now we're at Christmas. I got to go back home. But no, there's something here. And I really want to see it through. So I want to, it makes sense for us to just continue and then go uh, to uh, New Year's. And so I feel like even after that party that they have, they may even just try to find another way to just keep it going. Um, was it know. was it said that the 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 New Year's, the way they ended it, was that New Year's like five days later? Or do you think it was like one year later? 
Oh, good call. Ooh. No, that New Year's. I, I would think that, yeah, it was that. Yeah. I think it was that New Year's. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. There, there's a lot of confusing things that kind of happen with time in this film because, like, why was Arthur being celebrated on Christmas Day or was it the day? It's so easy to get around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess all the Writers Guild is Jewish. So, yeah. 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 That's what it is. Like the, bo but the bottom line is it's, a, it's easy to watch Cameron Diaz and Jude Law just out charisma with each other for that half of the movie than it is with all the stuff going on with Jack Black and Kate Winslet. That makes a lot of sense to me. Haley, do you have a favorite scene in this movie? Like, do you think there's like a best scene? Cause we already talked about it, but I'm curious what yours is. Um, I think I liked whenever she goes over to Law's house and she meets his kids. Yeah. That was I, what we said. That's the best scene. That's like the sweetest scene. I don't, Okay, there was one other thing. When they're laying in the tent, the little girl's like, we never have adult friends over here that are women. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to believe that Kate Winslet just dropped out of her life after their mother died. She never comes over and hangs out in their tent with them. That's unbelievable. Kate Winslet That's a really good point. Like, that's a really good point. Why wouldn't he have his sister as like, an, well, as like a role model for his girls? How did she say it though? Did she say it like, strange women who aren't no, just adult, adult, adult women yeah, and I'm sorry I don't believe that Kate Winslet is opening her door to her drunk brother every other night but she's not going over and hanging out with her nieces who lost yeah. their mom like I don't believe that like that's anyways wait am I the only one who didn't like it <laughs> no, Dan was kind of like yeah, it's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just I just think we need to have Haley oh. replace Preston on this podcast <laughs> No, definitely not. I don't watch all the movies that you guys watch. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between watching a lot of them and being able to articulate. Uh, yeah, the problem. There's lots of times where I'm like, "Movie not good. I don't like it." And yeah, probably like, oh. <laughs> too good. It not make like. me happy. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like I'm always able to articulate it though. There's a lot of movies that he makes me watch for this podcast, and I'm like, "That was horrible," and I don't know why. I just know. <laughs> Oh, uh, so I guess this was one of them. You still don't like this movie? Yeah, it's not horrible. I mean, it's not as bad as the replacements or anything like that. But <laughs> I will say, <laughs> damn, it is it is not a horrible movie. It it does have like its swoony moments, and it is cute. It just doesn't make sense some of the time. And then there's also parts that like I felt like it should have been two separate movies. Yeah. It should have been longer. We just didn't have time with both sets of the characters. So. I think now it would be like um, a Netflix or HBO like limited thing where it would be like the holiday and this season it's Jack Black and Kate Winslet in LA and then the yeah. next season is almost like a White Lotus where maybe there's a crossover between one or two characters but keep it going for years. That would be yeah. Like it's just different couples in in the series yeah instead of the whiplash of this one yeah yeah that's uh <laughs> that that's I, I love that take and i love all the things that i didn't really think because i'm just like in the movie but you brought up all these grace like this doesn't make sense like this would not happen and oh thank you for that 
<laughs> Who's your favorite character in the movie? Either the Arthur or Jude I mean, he's just so cute with his little father abilities. And but. it's 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 because like, I always think like Jude Law is kind of boring in movies. I really like him in this, but like the the far departure from this movie of Jude Law to like Dom Hemingway is amazing. Like I just well, now he plays all childhood characters. He makes like childhood characters sexy. He's like sexy Dumbledore. And then he was like, Damn. and then he was like, "Sexy Captain Hook." Just like, what are, oh, we yeah. doing? what are we doing here, Jude Law? Like, we get it. You're good looking. Like, get over it. But you, but okay. So it's interesting when Preston and I were in L.A. this past weekend, we were talking with actor Michael Pena on, uh, and he brought up taking roles, and he said like he now he's like taking roles for his kids that would be would be proud for him. And he got like real choked up on stage. Like it was really a cool moment, right? Yeah, yeah, it was really sweet. Yeah, he was just talking about his 15 year old son and like the movies that he couldn't, he wouldn't be able to show them like uh, him like, well, I guess he could probably show him Crash or something like that now, but something like a million miles away, which is what he was there for, where it showed like, you know, very strong representation. And then also just like a very, very strong uh just like a perspective of a man um or somebody that's just achieving like wild success and so he said that uh he loved it and he got really choked up about it and i was i'm thinking like maybe jude law is making movies for his children to oh like captain hook and dumbledore so stuff like like they can brag about to their friends at this moment in time but I don't know if he could brag about the Fantastic Beasts movies. <laughs> They're not that good. Uh, but uh, Peter Pan. That's and awesome. Yeah, that's what I would do too. I mean, that's what Ben Affleck said about being Batman. Yeah. He yeah. was like, I want to be Batman. So my son, like my son doesn't see any of my movies, but everyone loves Batman. He goes, and now he told me, it was some joke. I'm sure he was joking, but he was like, and now I'm his least favorite Batman or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Uh, he goes, I thought being Batman would be cool for my son, but now all my son's friends want to see me and he doesn't think Batman's cool anymore because all of his friends think his dad's cool now. It was it was sweet. That's what so I in the Batman in... movie they show is the Flash because that's like the best bat- <laughs> his version of Batman. <laughs> right, right. So in this movie, I feel like we all love movies that have like movies within movies or fake trailers like Tropic Thunder or maybe even something that we talked about this week in Preston with American Fiction but there is fake trailers in this movie and there's amazing cameos like right off the bat we're seeing Lindsay Lohan and James Franco and in a fake trailer that looks like I would see like I would want to see that movie it's called like Christmas but it's action-packed uh do you want to see this fake movie do you and what do you think about all the fun cameos in this film for 2006 I, I, I would want to see, see that fake. you don't want to see it you don't want to no. see it what no why Lindsay Lohan and James Franco yes why would I want to see that an action Christmas movie that looks like Die Hard? Like, please. <laughs> Maybe she she's probably too good at her job. That's why they pay her the big bucks, that she cut that trailer to, to look better than the movie actually is. All right. All right. Here it's garbage, but I still want to see it. 
Dan? I mean, I'd watch. I'd, I'll, I'll watch anything. I was uh, upset I couldn't see Silent Night this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, what about you? What did you did you like seeing those cameos again? Since you saw it twelve years ago and you forgot even Jude Law was in this movie. Yeah, I did. And John Krasinski too. I mean, he's in there for a hot second, which obviously was like at the towards the beginning of his career climb. Yeah, uh, so two thousand six, this movie came out, and I think The Office started around two thousand five or so. So he was like that start. Yeah, and he's sitting in the chair just like Jim does. Yeah, he basically was Jim for three minutes in this movie. He still had the Jim haircut. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I the movie. I think yeah, I would watch it because it would probably be a train wreck of just fun. But um, I couldn't say again. It probably wouldn't be good. And I do agree. I think she probably was paid the big bucks to make that movie look really good. That was a good point because it probably was not a great movie. <laughs> I mean, I honestly would like to see a Nancy Myers movie outside of the rom-com genre. I would love to see something that kind of has some ingredients of that, but to do something more yeah. action oriented that, because to me, it seems like that movie probably would have been like, you know have some meta commentary on like action films in the same way that uh scorched earth and tropic thunder has where it's like <laughs> you know, here we go again again and that sort of thing so I, I i would enjoy it plus it's just nice to kind of see you know Lindsay lohan and nancy myers together again after uh parent trap and then john krasinski was in it's complicated yeah uh, nancy myers movie so just I don't think she's worked with James Franco though. What about is she? Did she ever work with Catherine Hahn again? Because she shows up, and that was awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't realize she was in it until I saw it again. And then, and then the Dustin Hoffman cameo in Blockbuster. So I guess the story behind that is Dustin Hoffman was walking, like walking by, and saw you know people making a movie, <laughs> and he just walked in to see what was going on, and they wrote like that little part. Yeah right there for him in blockbuster which that's genius to me right when they're talking about the graduate yeah i liked that part and and was it only me or when anybody is in a uh, a movie rental place in a movie or just like this one are you trying to see the movie titles on the shelves to see what they're actually showing yeah uh yeah that or uh, I thought you were going to go with like when you're in a video store, you kind of listen to other people talk about movies, like what are their interests in the same way that the opening of like uh, before sunrise, when they're like curious about what books that they're reading. Uh, like that's always a very interesting thing. Yeah. I was trying to remember if Blockbuster really was around back in 2006, because it's been forever since I feel like that's closed. But I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it was. Yeah, it was still around when I was like a senior in high school. I yeah, because I remember going maybe even my freshman year of college, it was still there. It was pretty much like the dawn of like Blu-ray and uh, streaming that really kind of sent it down. But yeah, we were dating when uh, Blockbuster was still around, and we would we went in there a few times, and then within like a year or two that's when it yeah because i remember when the one in our town closed they had like this like this huge thing where you could come and you could get all the dvd like the the, the things like, like the whole like it yeah yeah when you take the movie and they're like oh no they're out but here's yeah. the placeholder for yeah 
So like we, <laughs> we went when it closed, him and I went and went shuffled through and Preston grabbed like a hundred of them. Or yeah. Something. Like a ridiculous amount. I think I grabbed like five, but do you even have them still? No, I threw them away because originally okay. I was going to like, you know, put them off, like use it as wallpaper. Like, yes. a <laughs> movie. Yeah. I still have some blockbuster videos. They're at my parents that I stole though. Um, and I just never gave back. Yeah, they, I have a few of those. Yeah, they just never tried. I think one one of them was like, because I was like, no one's going to miss this. It was like, War of the Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. All right. The soundtrack and the music. It's Hans Zimmer, the legend, doing the score. And then all the song cues. Chelsea, what's the best song needle drop in the movie? I like all the... My little my little emo heart likes all the Imogen Heap in it. Yeah. It has two or three of those in there. I yeah. don't know what songs they are, but I and, love those. Yeah, they use the Fru Fru yeah. from, from Garden State. Um yes. with Jude Law in the in the bar and then Cameron Diaz showing up and then he does that, you know, charming little smile. I did feel like that song was a little off for that moment, but I do yeah. like the song. Yeah. And I like yeah. it. But there's beauty in the breakdown. Yeah. I I just loved when Jack Black did the thing to driving Miss Daisy. I forgot about that. And that thing that was so amazing to me. That's <laughs> which is also by Hans Zimmer. Solid. Which is, yeah, which is also by Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Which I, that that killed me. I was like, "Oh man, he's just going to take Miss Daisy." Just how amazing it is, Dan. What do you think? They stole mine. They stole the Imogen Heap music. That really brought me back to two thousand six, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was an instant time. That was an instant time machine. So what I what what's great about this I think is that's really funny is that the cinematographer for the holiday is Dean Kundi yeah. and he was the cinematographer for Halloween, Halloween 2, Escape from New York, um Back to the Future, Big Trouble in Little China, Hugh Framed Roger Rabbit, uh all all sorts of things. Um how amazing is that? You got this crazy cinematographer who worked with Robert Zemeckis and John Carpenter and Steven Spielberg, um, Back to the Future trilogy, and now he did The Holiday. It, it looks great, right? Did, wait, did he do Jurassic Park? He did do Jurassic Park. Yeah. So, it's beautiful. Yeah, you going to do something for his grandkids. <laughs> Before this movie, he did Garfield and Looney Tunes back in action. Oh, but boy. before that, he did he was cinematographer for Parent Trap and What Women Want. Um, and also Crippendorf's Tribe, which is just this whole slate of movies for Dean Kundi is insane. But I thought well, he, he had worked with Nancy Myers before, I guess. So yeah, he came back. But it's just fun to see where you're coming from Escape from New York and Big Trouble in Little China or Halloween, Jurassic Park, and then you do this relatively small film, even though this movie cost almost $100 million to make. It, wow. You know, right? Isn't that crazy? That was not worth that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I need Haley to be in an executive board room and just say things like, no, not worth that. No, I agree. I used to be like that my last year teaching and eventually I had to be like, I got to stop talking because I was saying way too much. No, I just think that the cinematography, like there's a aesthetic, like you can say what you want about Notting Hill or Love Actually, but this movie feels like I want to live, like what you said in the beginning, it, you you want to live in this movie because it looks very inviting. Both you want to in live in that movie. little cottage. Yeah. You want to live in that little it, English cottage, yeah. And they made LA look way nicer than it really is. Yeah, when she takes that deep breath of air whenever she's in the taxi, I was like, okay. I've never wanted to take a deep breath of air when I was in LA. Not but, one time. Right. <laughs> Right, right, right. No, but Dean made it look good um, and very warm and inviting, which I thought was great. Um, interestingly enough, just last year, it was rumored in trades and news publications that there was going to be a sequel to this movie and that everybody was coming back for it. Do you want that to happen? Do you think it could happen? Where do you want it to go if it does happen? It needs a whole new cast. Who would you cast? <laughs> Jacob Elordi. <laughs> the cast Jacob of Saltburn, right? Really? Yeah. Very <laughs> Keegan. Whole, whole cast. Oh yeah, you can't have the whole cast. Uh, do, do you want a Do you want a, a sequel to this? Does it need one? Do you? I don't think it needs one, but. I would be interested if they if they brought in like a whole new set of actors for it. So like a remake rather than a sequel? Yeah. Or a sequel with a new cast with maybe some elements of the first film. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe have, you know, them live in the same neighborhood as Jack Black and Kate Winslet or, you know, their kids know uh, Cameron Diaz and Jude Laws, whatever. I mean, all is I'm going to say. The what? Maybe the original cast takes over the site and they like started Airbnb together. Yeah, I feel like the 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 natural graduation of this would just be like the holiday (laughs) to Airbnb. (laughs) Verbo. Uh, I feel like that would be good. Like Jude Law's girls, like maybe it follows. Oh, it could. So would you want them to follow like a younger group again or just like, you know, with the success of Golden Bachelor uh, and how sweet (laughs) that show is, would you want to go like Eli Wallach old and have old couples kind of do this? I feel like Nancy Myers has done that a few times though. Like she's had the older love. Yeah. It's a great version of that. Not that there's, I mean, it's a great, I, I would watch it. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Do you want a sequel to this? No. <laughs> Not at all. Not even remotely. Or, I mean, I think if they're going to remake it or do anything, I think making it some sort of prestige TV show where you get a big name for one of the roles and turn it into something like that could be a viable a viable series. Like I know for a fact my wife and plenty of other people would be like, wait, we're getting six episodes of a rom-com movie once a year around November, December. Like they would sign up for that in two seconds. So now that you mentioned that you mentioned the white Lotus. Now I can't stop thinking about like, it's a, it's a yearly, it's an annual thing. Yeah. Where it's like 
the holiday and it's all this different ensemble like the white lotus and and then something terrible happens like that and they all work backwards it was oh mine was no terrible that's me um mine was gonna be (laughs) someone falls in love in every in every season but sure you can kill them all off no 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 just just one person but you know there's different relationships people fall and it's just think about it and you could get famous people to want to travel like hey guess what well you have to shoot six episodes and this year the airbnb is in rome yeah you know this year the airbnb is in uh you know bora bora you know <laughs> like however you want to do it like you could get people to do it so that's how i would fix the holiday yeah. bahamas and then make it uh i know i still know what you did last I, time yeah <laughs> <laughs> or just make them stay at atlantis and it's just crazy hammered people (laughs) (laughs) um what does everybody think about the dog in this movie it just kind of shows up i feel i don't know i never see it fed (laughs) (laughs) no there's a scene wasn't there a scene where kate uh she's oh yeah you know what you're right you're right you're right it is yeah but cameron diaz but she does take it for a walk all the time she's always outside with that dog walking him throughout this movie do you like that little scene with her and the dog like doing the facial expressions to each other yeah sure horny cute little moment (laughs) i don't know i feel like we like dogs on this show oh yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> so um, you must love dogs no right yes we'll do yeah my gift to y'all is marley and me <laughs> oh, that's not a gift <laughs> <laughs> oh. that again. Yeah, you know, we're not doing that again <laughs> um so the holiday I, I guess we round this out. Um, is there a particular line that you like? And would you recommend it? Do you think it deserves the fifth or 43% rating? Or do you think it deserves more or less? Chelsea? Speaking of dogs, my dog is drinking water from her bowl right now. So you'll hear that. Um, but I do. What It's at 49? Yeah, I think so. Well, now pump it up a little bit. Give give me in the fifties. It's still a little rotten because it's still a little too long, and then there are some problems. But it's not like it's going to be something that I don't kind of just put on and, like Dan said, go make myself a drink and come back. Okay. All right. So recommend it or no? Yes, <laughs> recommended. All right. Cool. A recommended rotten movie. <laughs> Dan, what do you think? I would, I'd bump it up a little bit. I think under 50s, a little harsh, because I think it's more than, if we're, if we're making up our own Rotten Tomatoes system, like I think 50, under 50 means it's garbage, but I think it's got to be a little bit above 50, but not much. And like I said, the coziest part about the movie is I feel like I can get up at any time and not miss anything important happening on screen. All right. And I feel it's kind of a compliment, but at the same time, you just, you know, what's going to happen. It's a chick flick. It's a home. It's a too long Hallmark movie with overqualified actors. Okay. So, yeah. A hundred million dollar blockbuster rom-com at Christmas. There, there was Iron Man, like hundred million. Right. <laughs> uh, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. What about y'all? What do y'all think? 
I don't know about its score. I think it's fine. I don't, I mean, it wasn't horrible. I don't think it should go any lower. I'm not watching it again. Um, but other <laughs> people might not enjoy it and want to watch it. I'm not watching it again. So not another 12 years or six years or whatever you said. I think it's pretty, I won't remember anything about the movie in 12 years, but I will remember my opinions. Okay. And that will keep me from watching it again, I'm sure. Mr. Napkinhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Preston said something about Mr. Napkinhead last night, and I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, you'll see. And then that part came on, and I was like, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Preston, what do you think? Uh, I put it right at 60%. I, I think a, a D grade, a passing grade, like a three out of five, like somewhere in that area seems pretty comfortable for me because I do enjoy it. Um, but I, there, there's a lot of like around that area or, or even a little bit lower that I would say if I legitimately gave it a score that I'll still rewatch. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know how often we're going to watch this going ahead, but I enjoy it. I think there's a lot of sweet feelings that it cultivates and I, and I enjoyed enjoyed uh, a lot of those little moments but yeah he, you do have to so i would do exactly what um dan said like you know you could just throw it on like i could put it on here while i work during the holiday season or something like that and it'd be fine and i'll just that's like kind of tune in for a second at the good part and then keep going that's exactly what i did i threw it on while i worked yesterday yeah. <laughs> uh... wait wait we didn't all say what our favorite lines were i think i would bring up the line that Chelsea brought up earlier about um, needing time to uh, try to fall out of love with you. I'll, so that's not my favorite line. My favorite line is Jude Law saying, yes, I am daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just that on repeat, really, in a little DJ mix. <laughs> that is pretty good. That is good. Preston, that's a good one. Dan, do you have like a favorite line from the movie? I think the Mr. Napkin head stuff, just doing completely ridiculous things for your kids. I know there's not a specific quote in there, but I think that whole, everything he does with that was, I, I, it made me laugh. I couldn't help it because I do dumb stuff with my kids all the time, you know, just because I know it makes them laugh and I'd be so embarrassed to do it in front of, you know, Cameron Diaz and I were on like a second date for some reason. And she came over to my house with my kids. And I'd have to like act that out for him. I'd be so nervous at first. Um, so I really, I just like that, that part, that whole scene. <laughs> I like that. Haley, do you have one? Um, I was not watching it with uh, the thoughts that I would need to. Accidental boot grace. Yeah, I, well, that <laughs> is like all I remembered from the movie was the accidental boot grace. I think I knew about that part before I actually watched the movie because that was like what everyone talked about. So probably, I mean, that's a cute little moment. And I like like the awkwardness between both of them in that moment. So I like that. I like, I like it pretty much all like with the little girls, like the little kids say like all the questions they ask are really funny. Um, I like that. And then I love Jack Black in the video store, just like being so excited to go talking about movies. It's very high fidelity of him, like talking about Jaws and uh, like just showing his passion to this girl he might like. So I thought that was awesome. I like those. Um, and I would give I would I think I agree with Preston. I can't figure out right now if I want to give it a 59 or a 60, a failing grade, because I think that the 
the runtime wants me to fail it <laughs> because this business, this movie has no business being two, almost two and a half hours long. Uh, I feel like if it was a 90 minute movie, it would be excellent. But why is it? But yeah, you'd have to cut out one of the stories. As I say, it had to be 90 minutes in one of them, not mm-hmm. both of them. Haley's mm-hmm. dream, you just cut one whole story out. Yeah, and then you can do the holiday next year and do the other one. Like, you can be like, hey, you can go stay at my house. I'm going to go hang out with my boyfriend in LA. And then, hey, here we go. Like, now it's Jude Law and Cameron Diaz's turn. That, okay. that would have been great. I would have liked those. All right. Yeah, All they right. should release it on DVD where it's dueling DVDs, but it's just each half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be good. Okay, so The Holiday with Jude Law and Cameron Diaz and Jack Black and Kate Winslet. How does this relate to John Wick? We got us. It's not relate. How can we shoehorn John Wick into it? That's easier. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. John Wick goes to this small, little, beautiful, Christmassy winter town. And he goes in there to get something from someone, probably a gold coin exchange of some sort. You know how he's into that stuff. And the whole town is like in on it, like the whole town's economy or however they do their business. And obviously he has a pass with someone and he crosses it and he has to kill everybody in that beautiful town to make it out because that's what John Wick does. Is there a little English continental over in that little village? Ooh, that would be nice. But it would put him in, it would put him in snow. We've seen him in rain we've seen him in <laughs> desert we've seen him in a kind of mountainous area in an old castle uh, i think i think british countryside in the winter is john wick's next <laughs> next and he had the dog is there already so we have that relationship that's why Ooh, good job that's really good <laughs> I didn't even think about that damn dog because no one was feeding it. Maybe John Wick goes in to rescue that dog. I heard. <laughs> like like uh, Al Gore with whales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I love it. I love it. Nothing awesome. Will, yeah. Nothing will ever top Humble <laughs> <laughs> no, that was genius. But this could just be called John Wick's Holiday. Yeah. yeah. I could totally say that. I mean, that, what if that was his, what if he was running a little bit low on gold coins and had to put his house up for an Airbnb while he went on a contract in Britain? Yeah. And maybe to like bring it all full circle, maybe John Wick is, is like the movie, the trailer's being made by Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, and yeah. he kills Ed Burns. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he kills Ed Burns. All right. Um, that rounds us out for December 5th for Fear and Loathing in Cinema podcast. Uh, the holiday. It's uh, it's available digitally everywhere for the most part. Was this movie ever released on 4K yet? Or I don't even remember. I don't think so. Yeah, it's definitely streaming. I don't know why we haven't gotten a criterion of this yet. Um, maybe sometime soon. But yeah, the we're a Fear and Loathing in Cinema podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, Chelsea, where can everybody find you, message you, and talk with you on the internet? They can find me, Miss underscore Tenenbaum, on Twitter and Chelsea Nico everywhere else. 
Heck yeah. Dan, where are they finding you at? Fear and Loathing and Cinema Instagram and email me at Fear and Loathing and Cinema at Gmail. Cool. Preston, I know you're everywhere. Where are you not? Uh, Probably like half the things that you do. <laughs> where are you at? Tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on most actively on Instagram at Blu-ray Dad and Twitter, Preston Barda, and then my writing on frustration.tv or didnrc.com for Didn't Record Chronicle. Awesome. Haley, Haley, are you are you are you out in the world? I am at home. You can find me at home. Don't <laughs> chill yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't don't show up like Jude Law. <laughs> yeah, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be the same thing. I'm Brian Kluger. I'm at highdefdigest.com uh, and boomstickcomics.com and Brian Kluger everywhere on social media. You can find that. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another wonderful Christmas Hanukkah holiday movie that's not labeled the holiday. And maybe it won't be a hundred million dollar budget. But um, yeah, thank you for listening. Bye.